Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm Eric Name. As always, joining me is Frank Madden. And, you know, Frank, at the end of the podcast yesterday, I said something about hopefully we'll be excited to talk to you tonight and everything is going to be great. And you know what? I don't know if I'm excited and everything is great, but the Bucks won 109-107 over the San Antonio Spurs for the first time, and I believe uh, the, technical ter- the technical term is an eternity um, in San Antonio, and they they come out with a win. That that it that's exciting. Yes, Frank. Yeah, it's it's certainly unexpected. Um, you know, I, I don't think many of us had uh, Giannis plays nine minutes, goes scoreless. Thon Maker plays thirteen minutes. And Michael Beasley um, becomes, you know, the uh, saving grace of Bucks Nation uh, in our prediction list for uh, no, for this game. No. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's a big win in the sense that obviously, you know, the last two games have been disappointing for different reasons. Um, you know, losing two straight home games uh, after you'd kind of clawed to 18 and 16, and you thought, okay, maybe we can put some distance between, uh, you know. 500 and and the bucks record um so yeah i think i think i compared it i i was uh uh talking to um uh, doing answering some questions for michael de leon of uh, project spurs which is a Spurs site and um you know he asked me what are the keys for the bucks to win tonight and i said an asteroid strike um because <laughs> you know they just have i mean they have had such a hard time against the spurs in san antonio um, and obviously we didn't know if Giannis was going to play, uh, and he was probable, like, I think like during the day today, and then he got downrated to questionable. And I think that was a bad sign because it meant that obviously he was still struggling with something. And, um, you know, he, he plays in the first and second quarters and just kind of, you know, I mean, if I didn't know that he was sick, like would I have been able to immediately tell maybe not, but he, obviously he, he wasn't as active as you might've expected. Um, you know, doesn't score his, his 22 point streak, I think ends at 14 games and it's a hell of a way to end it with a goose egg, which, um, we'll see how, how, uh, how long it takes for Giannis to, to score no points or double did or not even double digits, you know, maybe, uh, a decade before Giannis goes scoreless. Seriously, again. Yeah. Um, so and honestly, that kind of like made this game just fundamentally far less interesting to me, just because, um, you know, I'm a Giannis stat whore. Um, you so, are, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so the fact that is this will put a dent in all his season averages is annoying. Um, luckily, his permanent uh, his permanent numbers are, are, <laughs> won't be hurt quite as much. He he did have uh, eight rebounds, eight assists, and four blocks per 36 tonight. Unfortunately, zero zero points, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a weird game. It's a one-off game. Um, you know, big, big hat tip to Michael Beasley for for saving them. He might have been able to do the same on Sunday if not for uh, picking up that shin injury 
Um, and obviously, you know, the, the narrative around this week probably shifts a little bit if they had been able to scrape out that win uh, against the Wizards. But um, yeah, good start from Jabari Parker. Didn't didn't really sustain it quite as much as he might have liked um, after a really fast start. But, um, you know, a lot of the same, same uh, you know, familiar names kind of cropping up in terms of big, big shots, big games in terms of Malcolm Brogdon and, and Greg Monroe kind of playing really key roles. And um, yeah, I mean, hey, Beezus. Jesus Christ! I don't know what's what's the new what's what's the new Michael Beasley nickname. I'm not, I'm not sure. Do I don't we, know do if there go, is one. Go, but Jesus Christ is really good. Do we go biblical, straight up biblical, or do we go <laughs> Kanye referencing biblical? I don't know. I'm not sure. Oh, Frank, that's that's just delightful. Um, I, I guess looking at this game before we started recording, I, I kind of asked you, does this game? matter are are you jacked are you excited about this game and i see a lot of people are very excited about it and again beating the spurs is absolutely a huge deal like they're they're a great team they're one of the best teams in the league and the bucks took one from them essentially without Giannis. that's fantastic. well well we should we should note lamarcus aldridge did not play for the spurs and I mean, okay, I don't think LaMarcus Aldridge is as valuable a player in the year 2016-17 as Giannis Antetokounmpo, but um, that's a big loss. When you're playing David Lee instead of LaMarcus Aldridge, um, I think we saw, you know, defensively how uh, how the Spurs get, get uh, you know, miss, miss Aldridge, and this is the number one defensive team in the league, and the box without Giannis really had no problem scoring tonight. Yes, you, you, that's a, a fantastic point, Frank. So, I, I guess as I was kind of watching people react after the game, get excited, be pumped up about stuff, I couldn't help but not be all that excited. Like, I, I guess, obviously it's nice to see Parker kind of step up into that role again, but then... You see him pick up the fifth fall in the fourth quarter. You see him not really do much in the second half. He's, uh, I think, six of eight in the first half with 16 points. He ends the game with 22 um, and nine of 16 line. So that's, what, three of eight in the second half. Misses only three in the second half. And, uh, again, another situation where he doesn't get to make plays and really have an effect on the game at the end. And tonight it was because of Beasley, and Beasley was so great. And it, it is, it's just. I, I think the nights where you see why everyone loved Beasley as a prospect so much are kind of awesome. Like you kind of just hop in a time machine and go back to when he was putting up like twenty and ten at K State, and think, oh, I think it was like I think it was like twenty seven and. 13 or something like that like just but yeah just astronomical numbers that made no sense and you he was the guy that was put on this earth to get buckets like that was michael beasley and tonight was one of those nights and that's so dope like i enjoy watching it it's so cool to be reminded of like oh this dude was once one of the most hyped prospects the nba has ever seen and obviously things haven't gone well for him but when you see tonight, it's like, okay, yep, that makes total sense. And for good for good stretches of the night, he was damn near unstoppable. Like, you look in the fourth quarter, the, the Spurs were doing everything they could to get Kawhi Leonard on Michael Beasley. That, 
that's insanity that, that Michael Beasley would need to be covered by Kawhi Leonard. So that's cool, but at the same time, like the Bucks aren't going to be closing games with Michael Beasley three years from now. They're probably not going to be closing games with Greg Monroe three years from now. Malcolm Brogdon, sure, we can point to that. That's exciting, but but I, I don't know. For me, like not not seeing Jabari be that guy, like takes a little bit of the excitement away for me and again any game you don't get to see Giannis that's not quite as exciting and it's great that they they win without Giannis but for me well Giannis is going to be around and again it's cool that those guys can maybe get some confidence from it and maybe build a little bit off of it but meh like it was cool they won but I'm not like this isn't I don't think this is one of their best wins of the season. I don't think this is one of their best wins in the last two years. I certainly don't feel that way. Yeah, well, I mean, I think you're probably, I'm, I'm going to say you're partly reacting to the reaction, right? Like Always, if, and if, that's if, always a mistake. So I fully admit that. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I thought, I mean, again, I'm, I think Giannis not really playing a role. Jabari, I saw he had a fast start and then didn't really do that much in the second half. Although I was glad that he he had that important bucket. Um, what was it with about three minutes left in the game where he got a rebound, went coast to coast, puts him up one Oh three, one Oh one. Um, yeah. Transition bucket. And I just, I pointed out on Twitter, sorry to interject. Um, but that was against Danny green in transition. And Danny green is a transition defense wizard. Like Zach Lowe has written. I don't even know how many words he dedicated to him in that post. Like, Oh my gosh, Danny Green has this insane skill uh, that he's incredible at guarding everyone in transition. And Jabari Parker took it to him. And yeah, that was a huge basket. Sorry, continue. Yeah, so I was glad because we complain a lot about the Bucks bogging down in 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 half court and in crunch time, and you know, pretty much all teams do that. Uh, there are not a lot of chances to get out and run in those situations. Um, so it was great to see Jabari being aggressive and and looking to not just you know slow the game down. Um, but instead looking for that shot. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, running middle pick and rolls and that result in Beasley ISOs from the, you know, the foul line extended. And yeah, that's not like going to be the long-term recipe for for how the Bucks solve their crunch time problems. Um, but, you know, I think I, I, I've, it's sort of one of those things like I, I, I don't feel like the sense of like, you know, sheer excitement and, you know, I think when when Giannis has a big game, Jorah has a big game, and the Bucks win, you know, there is kind of that feeling like anticipation, not just about excitement for that game, but also like, oh my God, we're building towards something, right? And this game felt much more like a one-off, you know, random. Yeah. Hey, great, Michael Beasley, happy for him. You know, he's he, he he has, you know, honestly, he's kind of struggled over the last month. Had some injuries. Um, you know, the team hasn't performed as well with him on the court as it did the first month. Um, he's had two really, really good games in a row now, so happy for him because I think he's been, you know, obviously a really good addition this year, and I see him kind of bouncing back and, and showing that he can kind of be that, like, you know, pinch hitter with the grand slam, basically, <laughs> is what I would describe yeah, what he yeah. did tonight. Um, and, you know, we'll see kind of going forward, um, you know, if, if he can kind of plug in, do, do, some, do, do some similar things, maybe if, um, if, you know, if there's an injury to Jabari or Giannis, um, God forbid, 
uh, at some point, you know, in the future. So, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's not like there's, there's not like we, we didn't, you know, solve, um, you know, uh, the, the Middle East peace crisis tonight. There was no, um, peace crisis. That's a terrible expression. We, we didn't, you know, <laughs> solve any, uh, big grand, uh, problems for the bucks or the world tonight. It was just kind of a fun, random, weird game where a lot of things, that normally don't happen happen. I mean, did you expect Manu Ginobili to hit the side of the backboard on <laughs> no. that last second shot? That was uh, that was also uh, very nice. But um, you know, I thought. I mean, in, in fairness, though, I think. Uh, I mean, I do think there's something to be said for you know, hey, these guys uh, who are not Giannis uh, being able to to win a game that that obviously is coming against a really good team that's playing really well. You know, granted without Aldridge, um, and and hopefully giving them some some confidence. You know, that when Giannis is on the bench now, um, and you know, whatever, not that they're all like going into the fetal position or something with Giannis yeah. on the bench, but they've been bad with Giannis on the bench. There's no, there's no way around that this year. And that's why I didn't think they would win on, on, you know, against Washington on Sunday when, when you found out Giannis wasn't playing and, you know, they, they at least put up, you know, a good job, good effort type type game. Um, but, uh, you know, we've talked about the Bucks point differential being much better than that of a team that's 500. And, you know, this maybe is uh, kind of one of those mean reversion games where, um, you know, they, they sneak out a win uh, in a way where you wouldn't have expected against a team that you wouldn't have expected to get a win against. And um, it's not as valuable as a win against an East team where them losing also helps. But um, I think it certainly does help in the sense that, um, you know, you look at the calendar and you can mark off wins and losses. And um, obviously everybody would have, you know, marked this as a loss normally and uh, to, to scrape out a win. Um you know, it, it does at least defer some of the disappointment of, let's say, Sunday. Let's let's just go back one game and say, OK, you know, got that win back. Um, <laughs> and uh, now it's just a question of, OK, get get Giannis healthy, get him fluids. I don't want any more of this Giannis playing nine minutes and going scoreless garbage. God damn it. I want Giannis numbers to be <laughs> impressive. Um, so so let's hope he, he can rest up next couple of days. Got a you know, nice to see them have a couple of days off ahead of Friday and then uh, a team that hopefully everybody can start to feel a little bit better against a heat team that obviously has been struggling. Yeah. I, I guess the big thing for me is there's been, I think moments in the last few years where you're saying like, Oh my God, like the, the bucks beating the Cavs 118, 101 earlier this year. Like that was a moment. That was a game that I will remember. And like you said, it's a game where you think, Oh God, they are actually building towards something. And this is, this is this could be real like this could be an actual thing and i I also kind of think like the oklahoma city game like winning that one 98 94 they come back Giannis has a good game and you you kind of think about those things and those feel like moments like Giannis hitting a game winner at msg that's a moment but like this one i don't know just doesn't feel uh quite the same to me and you know what that's probably just me being selfish and greedy and i should be happy that the Bucks got a, a gritty win uh, against uh, one of the better teams in the league without LaMarcus Aldridge. Uh, but still, they, they get a win against the Spurs, and, and that's huge. So uh, Bucks end up winning this one. Um, there, I guess there's some other things we should probably talk about. One, um, John Henson and Miles Plumley. Uh, Miles Plumley gets three minutes in the second quarter again. Um, Thon Maker gets 13 minutes. Um, are we getting, we're getting closer to Henson 
not seeing the floor as much anymore or maybe not seeing the floor at all right like like that feels what we're getting close to yeah it was interesting do you remember the context of why Plumlee played those couple minutes he had a dunk i was there foul trouble or something? I, I can't really remember. No, I tweeted it out at the time. Henson didn't have a foul the whole night. Yeah, okay. So that's weird. I mean, and Henson, I, I don't think Henson, like, I mean, Henson didn't stand out to me really one way or the other. Maybe I'm missing something. Um, obviously, Monroe was, was again, you know, by far the best big man. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think what last, what was it on Sunday? Did I say that, did I take a stab that, that on Friday we would have a different yes. starting center for the Bucs? Um, so I, probably, I think on Twitter I premised that with uh, I'll, I'll blow out loss in San Antonio on top of losing to the Wiz <laughs> on Sunday um, might might necessitate kids a little shakeup. Um, but obviously, uh, when things go well, kids are usually less likely to to do something random. Um, although I feel like Jason Kidd does does kind of do random stuff. Um, yeah. I do think Brogdon's role as starter is only solidifying you know more and more. I, I don't. Like, what's the point of starting Delavadova at this point? Yeah, it, Monroe. Monroe can even get Delhi even gets even Delhi can get a layup yeah. with Monroe on the court. That's how good yeah. of a passer he is in the half court. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Um, I thought for a little while that that might have that might have been a, a hold up for me going all in on Brogdon as a starter. But yeah, at this point, um, I mean, if he's gonna hit threes <laughs> at forty plus percent, uh, yeah, there's no reason. There, there's no reason at all. And and plus, I mean, we're seeing Monroe play basically like a starter late in games anyway. He's mm-hmm. He's been closing games, playing bigger minutes. So I think the concerns, you know, about like, oh, well, you're not overlapping him and uh, you're not getting the Progro um, <laughs> lineup quite as much. Uh, I think, you know, I don't think that's that's really a, a for me, that's that's er- eroding as a concern just because both guys are getting more minutes. And, um, you know, I think. I think they make other guys better. I mean, obviously they play well together, but you know, it's not like you know, Delvadova is not going to be bad because of Monroe. I think Monroe makes Delvadova better um, as well, and and um, you know, we'll we'll have to watch it going forward. But you know, play 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 your young guys who who can be part of this future. I think that's that's an important thing. If if Brogdon is a guy we think uh, could be a long term solution, and I think. He's the best shot of any of any guard on the on this team of being uh, a long term starter, and other than obviously Middleton, um, I think it's it's worth kind of seeing how far he can take them. And obviously tonight, you know, was he at seventeen six and six tonight again? Yeah. Um, so another really nice, you know, kind of final line. Um, I'd have to check. I didn't see what his turnover and other numbers were, but um, yeah, got to feel good for Brogdon. Missed that last free throw. You yeah. know, okay. Something to work on. Thought he, he thought he was the those, cooler. He did not. He yeah, wasn't, he, he wasn't the cooler he did, tonight. He did, he did have those <laughs> big free throws against the, uh, the the Thunder a week ago, so he's got that. But, I was gonna uh, say I thought Delavadova was good to very good tonight. Uh, four points, five assists, two steals, two rebounds, and uh, I will say this: I do think the the one thing I dislike about Brogdon is I think he pounds it a little bit too much. Um, uh, I think sometimes it sticks to him a little bit more than it should. And granted, he's talented enough to allow it to stick to him. I mean, end of the game, he has Kawhi Leonard on him for a couple possessions, and he's able to handle Kawhi going at him for a steal and all that. But uh, I I do think that is one noticeable difference between the two, that since Brogdon may be a little bit more talented, may be able to handle pressure a little bit more, he's not 
actively trying to get rid of the ball, <laughs> um, which I think at times Delhi is, but since Delhi is doing that, that, that can mean good things for Jabari Parker, or that can mean good things for Giannis because he's actively trying to get the ball uh, to them. And I thought he was good tonight, so that's that's a good thing to see. I do think maybe we'll have to we we'll have to ask Steve Von Horn if we can get some doves for him to see when the first three he's going to hit after coming back from this injury is. Uh, 0 for 1 from 3 again tonight for Delhi. Has, I don't, he hasn't hit one since he's come back from that injury, I don't believe. Um, yeah, I don't remember it. I, I don't think he has, so we, we might need to get some doves for that. Um, I think the other big thing that people will beg for us to talk about and – We'll do it because you know we we just try to give the people what they want. Thon Maker played th- Thon, yeah, Thon? Played yeah. <laughs> thirteen minutes tonight. Uh, five points, one assist, uh, two for two from the field. One was a dunk. One was a three. Um, I I don't even know what to say. I, what do you got on Thon, Frank? Uh, I mean, defensively, kind of, you know, looked like you know, kind of the frantic, you know, running around want to be careful you don't confuse um you know action for production uh or whatever however you want to phrase it um i don't even know if i would characterize what he was doing as frantic it was just like lost wandering yeah that's fair i mean he he's not like he's not like sort of jabari at his worst where just standing there and the guy just and he has no idea what's going on, and the guy dunks before he even turns around um so he's he's not that lost yeah but um you know, he got worked a few times in the post. I think Powell and David Lee both kind of just, you know, and again, I mean, the, he, he has to put on more weight. I mean, this is no no secret. Um, you know, he, he put up, a, you know, put up his hands, tried to do his best. But um, again, when guys get some position on him, I mean, they're going to be able to power over him for for you know decent looks. So, um, so yeah, it, it's a process with Thon. But I think, you know, hey, I mean, again, you just stole, what, 13 minutes of Thon Maker time? <laughs> Yeah. In a road game in San Antonio that you won, that wasn't a blowout at all, and you were missing. I mean, th- there it's were crazy. a lot of very weird. Uh, it's just that that might have been the weirdest sort of footnote on on this game. Um, and hey, the dude is not bashful from three. I think he's back <laughs> over. I think he's he's got to be over fifty percent from three on the season now. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's still like I think you know he might be like five for eight or something like that. But um, I mean it's it's impressive to see like he's not afraid and you know hopefully you find you find ways to kind of sneak him some minutes here and there um you know he's got a long way to go to be i think adding something but uh he's clearly a guy who, who's not afraid of the moment and uh you just hope that you know kind of the rest of his game and his body kind of catches up yeah um uh, I don't know. It's it just, I don't know. It's always interesting to me how excited people get over Thon and like there's a level of like sarcasm in there, right? Like, am I wrong to pick that up, Frank? Like, I feel like I don't, I don't even know if it's sarcastic. Like, it's not genuine. The like everyone getting excited about Thon Maker, or at least I don't feel that it is. I feel like it's some people like really enjoy the fact that like, oh, he's a human victory cigar and here he comes in and shoots threes and that's really funny and he's going to be great and awesome and I love everything about him. And it's like, okay, like this is over the top. It's not 
not necessary. Um, and, and I guess like I do understand getting excited about him because obviously uh, you've seen the Bucks hit a home run on Giannis, and again I hate comparing the two but I, I think that's what a lot of people think of when they see Thon and yeah I, I thought again this is harsh but like he was totally lost on defense on offense I think for the most part he was lost I know there was a play I tweeted about where Monroe gets doubled Thon's on the baseline on the opposite side of the floor and if it's Jabari if it's Giannis I mean even if it's probably Henson or Plumley. They're immediately cutting to the basket, immediate dive, easy two-hand dunk, and instead Thon kind of kind of floated, and then Monroe skipped it over to Terry, and Terry was a little bit more covered on that three because since he didn't dive, he allowed his guy on the backside to just cover both guys. Um, so it's both offensively, defensively, but yeah, uh, I mean, in the ideal world that you're thinking, okay, this guy becomes a stretch five at some point, him being totally unafraid <laughs> from the three-point line and not at all concerned about chucking yeah that's that's awesome that's exactly exactly what you need so yeah, well I, I would say i mean maybe you could call it sarcastic but like in in i think what what's behind it is that people have such you know there, there's really no pressure on him from from i think the fan base to really be doing much this year like mm-hmm. the expectation and the bar is is so low for him con- to contribute that for him to come in and do anything i think is just sort of like gravy and um the fact that he can come out and especially as a shooter i think you know watching him shoot and hit threes because that skill you know if if he can play minutes at the big positions especially center down the road and he has that specific skill. It's such a differentiating skill for a guy yeah. that size and and with that sort of physical profile that it is just a really mouthwatering kind of look into into what he might become. So I, I think there is a lot of sort of. I mean, it's a novelty thing. It's yeah, that's probably have, a better word. People, than, yeah, that's good. I mean, he is sort of like you know he's a well like his teammates like him. He's well liked. Um, you know, the bench is basically reacts the same way as I think the crowd in a lot of ways. It's like, he's the little brother that, you know, is, is waiting for his time, but you know, you see the glimpses and you get really excited for him and, um, you know, he's a really good kid and everybody likes him and, you know, yeah, he's, he's, he's the mascot, you know, it's a little bit like Rashad Vaughn last year, except I think, um, with Vaughn there, you know, there was never kind of that sense of like, oh, this guy could be, well, at least from like we were cynical about Vaughn from the start, mm-hmm. I think, and about his his upside not really necessarily being there. He just can't dribble and do stuff with the ball. Never has. Also, he's a shooting um, guard. Yeah, he's a shooting guard, right? I mean, he's he's hopefully he can shoot and make some shots, right? Um, Thonmaker's done much more as a shooter than Rashad Vaughn so far, and <laughs> Thonmaker's seven feet one. So, um, so it's it is sort of just a different thing, and and obviously you you can at least see okay. If this guy gets stronger, he, you know, his even if he's not a dynamic offensive player, which I don't think we don't expect him to be, you know, taking guys off the dribble and doing that kind of stuff. But if he knocks down threes and can dunk and defend and be a versatile defender, great. That's a dude that's super valuable, right? And yeah. and it's not, you know, that's not gonna he's not just gonna be a, you know, random empty calories bench score or something like that. So, so yeah, shout out to Thon. Hope you enjoyed it. Happy for him. 
throw that team flight back, get get Giannis fluids, get Giannis on the IV, um, and uh, rest up, rest up. Don't get too uh, don't get too pleased with yourselves though, Bucks. Last time they got <laughs> pleased with themselves after a road win, uh, we know what happened. So hopefully, uh, hopefully they can turn that around and, and respond in a big way on on Friday against the Heat. It uh, it should be interesting. Um, I don't think I have anything else. Do you have anything else you wanted to touch on? Um, nothing. I have nothing, Eric. We're right at. I think we're right at thirty minutes. So yeah, we're pretty. We're pretty close. So let's get out of let's here. Let's make this a. Let's make this a network sitcom and and uh, and move on to the next. <laughs> All right, uh, that'll be it for us. Uh, we'll have kind of like a off day, which will be not an off day. We'll still be here because we're here every day and you can catch us and subscribe to us and all of those good things. But uh, it will kind of be a, a weird thing where we're not either. Uh, recapping a game or previewing a game. Mailbag? Should we mailbag? We could probably mailbag. I'd mailbag. be okay with that. Right, um, yeah. So we can send out some tweets tomorrow and uh, hopefully you guys give us lots of good questions to ask about um, or to talk about, excuse me, and we can have some fun with that. So that'll be it for today's Locked on Bucks. The Bucks end up winning over the San Antonio Spurs, 109-107. A win in San Antonio for, I believe, it's the first time in eight years, which is a long time ago. Um, so a good win for the Bucks and hopefully a good episode of Locked on Bucks for all of you. You. For Frank Mann, this has been Eric Name. We'll talk to you tomorrow.